Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Alright everybody, welcome into the post-game Duquesne episode. I mean, if you watch that game... You don't really need this episode, but we're going to give it to you anyways. That was everything that Coastal needed and more. 66-7. to Coastal Carolina almost breaks their school record for points in a game. That was 71 points. Um, If they hadn't, you know, tried to get their 17th string quarterback in there, might have broke that record. But, um, you know, I, I can't be too upset with putting 66 on the board when I only predicted they would have 38 and they had that basically by uh, the beginning of the second quarter. So (laughs) I can't say too much. This was a game that uh, answered a lot of questions that we had, and I know it's an FCS team, and I know it's a bad FCS team, but this is a team that gave West Virginia a a headache for the first half of their game. This game was over with 10 minutes left in the first quarter. JT Killen returns an interception, and you could see the defeated look on all the Duquesne players, and Coastal Carolina took full advantage, came out, scored on almost every single drive um basically until till the end of the game when they you know did a couple turnover on downs to play nice rather than scoring more points so a really really impressive performance from the men in teal josh you directed this game for espn plus so you were uh in in the truck for this one um what are your initial thoughts and and what was uh what what was that atmosphere like on the broadcast side yeah, I mean, well, on the broadcast side, it's kind of like after a while, how do, how do we talk about anything? I mean, we were showing Chauncey races and Chauncey grittying when he smoked this kid on the, the goal line. And they even mentioned on the broadcast that I lost to Vasco in high school. Like, this, from a broadcast perspective, these games are just a drag. You want to get out. But even when we try not to score, we were still scoring. Like we even with our fourth fifth string quarterback, the offense was still cooking 35 rushing attempts for 241 yards and 10 different people carried the rock. I thought the receivers looked pretty good. I mean, it was basically like a preseason game for Brown and for Pickney and Kendall Carr actually got in the end zone this game. But those guys were in and out. I mean, they didn't put those guys back in. Shout out to um Kyrie Duplacis for his first career touchdown. He's got like a 64-yard catch, ran it all the way. That was great to see. And, man, it really the, the thing that sticks out the most to me is the defense, number one, and the fans, number two. 18,000 fans out of a capacity of 20. They stayed for a lot longer than I thought they would, and it was against Duquesne. 6,000-plus student tickets claimed. We have the best fan support we've ever had right now. And yeah, the defense was just, they looked like the black swarm. And this defense is just, thank God we finally have a defense we can rely on. And even though FCS team, I've seen enough to where I truly believe that heading down the road. Yeah, so do I. It's the black swarm, but it's not coached by Chad Staggs. Like that's what this is, right? So it's, it's a legitimate black swarm. Like I'm, if I was an opponent of Coastal Carolina, I'd actually be scared of our defense. And I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to bring it up later in the episode, but 
we've been super critical of the student section specifically at Coastal Carolina for a long time on this pod, basically since our inception. You know, all three of us worked the broadcast for ESPN Plus, and we would be tasked with, oh, Coastal Carolina scored a touchdown, go find some fans celebrating. And your natural reaction is to turn to the student section because they should be going nuts. And you flip your camera real quick to get to the student section, and it's just empty bleachers. And so those guys stayed for most, if not all, of the game. They were loud. They were rowdy. That student section was packed. And it was 45 nothing at halftime. And they were still there at the start of the third quarter. That's not something we could have said even a year ago. That most of the students that claimed Coastal Carolina tickets weren't there to see Coastal Carolina. They were there to hang out, have a couple beers, and get to Tav as soon as possible. Like that was that was the game plan. We got a fuck Duquesne chant up fifty two to nothing, and I'm absolutely a hundred percent because like that's what our student section should be. Like I know that the school doesn't like that. I know that they want to. Oh, we're we're not a party school. We're not a. a, You're Coastal Carolina. Relax. Like our our go to chant is fuck the other team like <laughs> we don't have songs we don't have chants we don't have like all the it's just straight up fuck app state like you know and that's what you get that's what you get from coastal carolina fans and so i love that our fans are embracing this team that are embracing this culture and i love that tim beck is helping to create that that's something that jamie chadwell didn't do a very good job of and and looking back on it i never really put any blame on him for that. Um, But Tim Beck is really reaching out to the fans and is really reaching out to the students specifically and trying to get them to the game, get them to stay and get them to be loud the whole time. Yeah. One of the first things he did after the game was he, he hopped on his phone and he got on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. And he gave a shout out to the student section. Somebody had posted a picture of how packed it was. And like his first order of business was to thank them and tell them, let's do it again on Thursday. You guys have been amazing. Like that is, that is what we're here for. And he sees it and the team appreciates it too. It fed off the whole energy. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, again, that's what we've been asking for for years is when you claim one of those tickets, you're there to go to the game. You're not there to hang out. You're not there to, to see your friends. You're not there to part of the game too. You can influence the game. You don't just have to be there. Yeah. It's not just, you know, oh, I, I I was at the App State game. Yeah, but you left with 12 minutes left in the second quarter. Like, does that really count? Like, no, it doesn't. And that's what Coastal Carolina football games were for a long time, and they're not that anymore. So that's good to see. Jordan, what impressed you most about the final scoreline 66-7? to What what really stood out to you from this Coastal Carolina performance? I mean, there's a lot you could think of. I mean, first of all, I mean, the offense looked great. I mean, the offense looked like the offense that we all talked about before the season even started. We all thought that this offense could be what we saw on Saturday night, and it showed. It showed from the time that the kickoff started to the time that they got the deal down. Like, this is what we expected this offense to be like. Everybody contributed in every single facet of of offense. I mean, Grayson played a pretty decent game. Uh, Braden Bennett looked phenomenal. Um, CJ Beasley looked good. Shout out to Mad Max Balthazar got into the end zone. Like, this is great. This was great to see, and we needed this. We talked about before getting into um Sunbelt play, we needed to get uh more points scored on the on the scoreboard, and 
man, to have it be 45 nothing at half, for it to be 59 to zero at one point before Duquesne scored, like, that's great. Like, I feel very confident going into Thursday night um, when we have to play Georgia State. We all know who's uh, the defense coordinator. I, we, I think we all know his name. He kind of rings a bell. Um, so I, I think we'll be ready for the task at hand when he comes to town. Um, Chad, Chad Staggs, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you uh, at Brooks Stadium. But offense looked great. Defense looked phenomenal. Um, you know, y'all brought up JT Killen doing his thing. And um, Tobias Fletcher definitely needs a shout-out. He set a FBS record for 100-yard interception return for a touchdown. So shout-out to him for that. I'm looking forward to this the rest of the way. I think if we can play like the rest of the way, eleven and one looks pretty good um, going down the stretch. It was a it was a coastal record, not an FBS record. I mean, there's it's it's tough. It's weird how you go further than a hundred yards. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I guess if you pick it off seven yards deep, they give you a hundred and seven. But I digress. Josh, you had a point to add here before we move on. Well, Jordan, I. I'm glad that you mentioned the like 11 to one thing that we don't really talk about a lot, but obviously that's the goal to win every week, the rest of the season. So what I did this morning was I checked to look at, I just look at the FPI every, every once in a while it updates on Mondays. Coastal Carolina is now favored on the FPI to win every game the rest of the season, including that matchup in Boone, I think. So they, they a game like this helps. Obviously, your efficiency numbers are going to jump, and it's just a computer ranking. But this was a step that we needed to see everybody look good. The defense looked good. The offense start clicking. If that was going to be a realistic goal, and we, if we were going to achieve it, so yeah, I think that this this game, at least for us fans and and the people that watch closely, this was a huge relief. A huge okay. No, Tim Beck's got us on the right path. And going into the conference play, we feel good about where we are. And we probably feel better than anyone else in the Sun Belt right now, except for South Alabama. Well, and South Alabama got boat raced by Tulane earlier in the season, right? So they're not 100%. I think if anybody's feeling better than us, it's James Madison, but they can't win the Sun Belt. So, like, again, I, I think that's stupid. That's the dumbest rule I've ever heard. But it theoretically eliminates them and makes their season useless. Sorry, that is what it is. They could they could end up being ranked in the top 10 and can't play in a bowl game and can't <laughs> win the Sun Belt. Like they can they can go 12 and 0 and it doesn't matter and that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but it's the reality. So you go from them to Coastal and South Alabama on the next tier of of fan happiness and it's all because we got a complete performance from Coastal this week and I think that's the biggest thing I was looking for. The first two weeks of the year, we got really good defensive performances. Defense against UCLA looked incredible. Defense against Jacksonville State looked incredible. The offense was questionable. Special teams was good, but not great. Every facet of the game clicked this this week. When was the last time that we got a complete performance from Coastal? If you can remember. I cannot. Hmm. That's a tough question. Probably it brings when we me back blew to like out Georgia State last year. U- UMass or Georgia State or ULM a couple of years ago. Georgia yeah. State would be the only one last year that I can really think of. Yeah. I mean, 
Louisiana Monroe, we barely beat last season. Old Dominion kicked our ass. So, like, yeah. you've got to go. If if you're picking any game from last season, it's Georgia State. And then you're talking two years ago that we got a, a true, complete performance, and it was in the Cure Bowl. And even then, the Cure Bowl had some questions, too, really. Right. So, like, where, how far back are you going to go? I, I, I don't think you need to go back further than the Georgia State game, but you could make arguments you have to go back further than that. And so this was exactly what Coastal Carolina needed. You you paid Duquesne some money to come down the coast and get their ass kicked, and you did exactly what you had to do. You sent them back to Pittsburgh with a check and, an, and a tail tucked between their legs, and they're embarrassed. And And that's what Coastal Carolina should be doing to opponents like this. I wish Coastal Carolina wouldn't schedule FCS teams. I'd much rather see us play you know, North Carolina, like App State does, or South Carolina, um, which is a little bit more important to our fan base here. But if you're going to play a team like this, you beat them like this, 66 to 7. So um, we'll move into a little bit of a a stats that matter recap. Um, When you win 66 to 7, the stats that matter are you scored 66 and they scored Uh, (laughs) 7. So so our predictions were a little bit off. Mario actually nailed it. Uh, they only needed two touchdowns to win, and he was right on the money. They only needed two touchdowns. Uh, Josh, 120 yards and a touchdown from our backup wide receiver. So Duplices, uh, Mobley, um, Tucker. Just those finished, three, yeah. Yeah, they finished the game with uh, 105 and a touchdown, so really close but not quite there. Uh, Jordan went wild and said JB14 needed to That's have 150-plus yards. Uh, in order for us to win this game, which is <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, he finished with 54, um, was a little bit quieter this game than he was last, obviously. But, I mean, most of that was because he was done playing by halftime. So there's that. Uh, my predictions, I wanted Coastal Carolina to allow less than 75 yards rushing. Uh, they didn't get anywhere close to that. They gave up 183, um, which is a little bit disappointing. But, again, 66 to 7, what are you complaining about? And then my second one was uh, 90 yards from the tight ends and a touchdown. Uh, only one catch by tight ends this game, but it was a touchdown for for Mr. Mr. Kendall Carr. So um, at least I got the touchdown part of it right. So uh, stats that matter, not real good this week. Uh, our Sunbelt predictions, if you listen to that episode and saw that Don't graphic, listen. not good. Not good at all. No, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it back next week. Yeah, we will for sure. But um you know, I, I kind of forgot that Coastal Carolina is on a short week this week. Um, we'll play Georgia State at home on a Thursday night. Josh, how important is it that Coastal Carolina had this game in the bag by halftime, got their starters rested, and they essentially only had to play half of a game on, you know, they're going to have four days worth of rest before they play Georgia State. How much of an impact do you think that matters? I think I think it's huge. Start the season with a cross-country trip, come back, play Jacksonville State, who's not a cupcake. And then you get this game. We finally get everything right. We get everybody out at halftime. They're able to rest. They're able to watch the backups. Whole team morale is up because even the fourth stringers got in and played. So I think that bodes well for a really good week of practice. I mean, your backups are going to be happy when they play. Nobody wants to sit there the whole season and, and feel like they're useless and not play. When you get a game like this, whole team morale is up. Everybody played great. A lot of rest. People were able to get treatment ASAP. I think it's huge. I don't think there were any major injuries in this game at all either, which is good. You don't want that in a 66-7 game. So huge, I think, going into next week. Starting conference play, 
with the chance to go one and zero against Georgia State at home. Who we'll mention this, but we've never beat in Conway, so I think it was huge. And we have a big task on Thursday. I don't care who, what the team is, what they've done. One and zero in conference play is huge, and this game was was big in getting us to that goal. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that that really matters. That Grayson McCall, um, you know, didn't put up. 300 400 yards passing i would much rather have him in the ice tub at halftime than than have 400 yards passing and he's never played at home against georgia state he was banged up the last time too so keeping yeah. him healthy is huge 100 yeah on a short week to get those guys into the trainer's room by by halftime and not have to worry about it um like you said no major in- injuries and you know it's a football game. People are going to have, you know, bangs and bruises, but nobody was, was helped off the field or, or anything serious. So all in all, I think this week went just about as perfect as coastal could have hoped. So um, we'll go around the room real quick. Um, pick your player of the game. Jordan, we'll start with you. Who gets your game ball this week? Uh, for me is um, I'll say JT killing. Cause I mean, that pick six, I think in the first quarter, um, making it fourteen to zero. I think, like you said, Duquesne had a defeated look on their face. I think that was very pivotal at that point. It set the tone the rest of the way for the guys. And I think that JT Killen is playing phenomenal ever since uh, the UCLA game. He's just started to turn it up a whole another notch. So he's playing good right now, and hopefully he can keep it up the rest of the way. But I'm definitely going to give the, the game ball to JT Killen for that pick six. Josh, who gets your game ball this week? Yeah, my main one's going to go to Tobias Fletcher. This is a guy that in our defensive back slash linebacker preview, we didn't really know what they were going to do with him. You've got guys like Dre Pickney, Trey Pickney, Josh Madison, Jamar Brown. There's a ton of guys out there, and they all played in the first team this week. They all rotate in. So shout out to Tobias Fletcher for getting that pick and then returning all the way back. And then my other small game ball, obviously, Kyrie Duplessis. I think him and Tucker – should be our our number three receiver now on a rotation, kind of. I think they stepped up big this week, especially him. 64-yard touchdown, that's what we need from that speedy slot guy, the ability to rip off a 60-yard touchdown. Because if you focus on Pinckney and Brown, someone's open down the seam. So I think Kyrie Duplessis had a big game, first career touchdown, and he's been playing and being used a lot so far this season, him and Tucker. So I think they're stepping up, and I, I expect to see a lot more of him this rest of the season as well. Yeah, I think those are solid picks. Um, I'm going to go a, a little bit off the wall here. I'm going to go with Scott Saylor. Um, I know that's going to be a little weird to everybody. Like he didn't, he's not even in the box score, but this is a local kid out of Carolina Forest who was, um, you know, the regional offensive player of the year, had scholarship offers to go to smaller Division II schools and decided to walk on um, at his local school. He's a graduate of, of Carolina Forest, so quite literally played high school. You know, he could throw a football from, from you know, Carolina Forest field and landed at the 50-yard line of Brooks Stadium. So for him to come in as a true freshman and even get a couple of snaps is is pretty special. So he gets my game ball um, just for the story. So I think that's really cool. And, and if you listen to some of our off-season episodes, we talked about how important it was for Coastal Carolina to start winning local uh, athletes as walk-ons. Um, it's how Clemson fills out its practice squad and fills out the depths of its roster. It's how South Carolina does it. It's how North Carolina does it. It's how Duke does it. And if you want to be on the level of those teams – that's what you have to do. You have to convince a kid 
rather than than taking a scholarship somewhere else to be willing to work for it at at Coastal Carolina. Um, and they did that with Scott Saylor and to see him get get under center for a couple of plays was really nice. So with that, I'll go ahead and wrap us up again. It's a short week this week, Georgia State on Thursday. So we will have a pregame episode Wednesday at the latest, um, more than likely. We're going to try and get it out to you Tuesday. That way uh, you have a little bit more time to listen to it, but uh, it's a, it's real hard on a short week to get that out. Um, and then we'll have an around the Sun Belt episode probably on Friday and then a post game on, uh, on Saturday. So keep an eye out. A lot of content headed your way really quickly. So uh, always keep an eye on X at the Shant show on Instagram at Shant show. As always, Shant's up. Fire to the fellas.